What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. This is episode 29, and I'm sitting down with a very, 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 very special guest, uh, somebody that I've been following on Instagram for a while, somebody who makes incredible content. Um, Hannah Lea Souza, she is known as Lady Line Cook, and you, she has over 9,000 Instagram followers. She makes reels almost every day, like you pump out insane amounts of content, and it's all tailored around what it's actually like to be inside of a kitchen and be on the line and be in that space, which is a flame that is just, it's, it's almost too hot for no, any normal human to handle. So it's, I don't know how else to explain it. It's, it's the, incredible. So before anything, thank you so fucking much for being on the show. This is, I'm, I'm very, very excited about this. So Yeah. Thanks for having me. These are always fun. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. I don't know if this one's going to be fun, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it will. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. So, all right. Why don't you, uh, before I get into any like questions or whatever, why don't you give people just like a short little intro into yourself and like, you know, when you maybe started cooking, you know, anything like that, you want to let people know. So. Okay, yeah. So I one day decided I would start a meme page on Instagram for cooks. This was in 2020 during the like first lockdown, I guess. And I, I'd been working in kitchens since 2018. So I'm going on like three and a half years now. But my first year or so wasn't even full time because I was working in the ski industry as well. And then I only fully committed like two years ago. So I'm still new. Um, I'm just, you know, I feel like I know enough to make jokes about what it's like I feel once you've been on the line for even just a couple months you kind of get the mannerisms and the memes and the jokes that are kind of universal among a lot of different countries and languages and just some things are just the same for all cooks and I I kind of started realizing that and would make these memes like no this was before even TikToks or Reels were a thing I was just making normal memes about working in a kitchen and that started to gain a little bit of traction Um, and then yeah, obviously reels came out and for months I just didn't want to be on camera. Was super shy, like didn't want to show my face, didn't want to goof off, didn't want to dance. But then I just saw everyone people what it could do to your account and your reach. So I was like, I'm gonna do it. And so I I filmed my first reel and just this was in like May of this year. So only like six months ago. I like put on a crazy filter with the big eyes and the big mouth and then like film my first reel and I've pretty much been doing them like every day since then every single day since and they're just a ton of fun it's kind of a problem kind of it's like all I do besides work nowadays but it's all right it's fun and besides that I also wrote a book um which is also about the same kind of stuff I post about it's about um it's about working in several different male-dominated workplaces but it's mostly set in the kitchen so part of the book, I'm working at my ski industry job. I worked in ski area mountain ops before the kitchen and was one woman out of 30 men in my department. And I got promoted to supervisor when I was 21 years old. Jesus. And so that was my very first leadership experience ever, like my first promotion. And that was just such an interesting time of my life that I started writing about it. Um, and then, you know, I wrote about that whole experience, but it wasn't really long enough for a book and I didn't know what to do with it. So I was like, I just kind of put it aside and and wasn't really sure I was going to do with it. And then I, you know, worked a couple more years in the kitchen after that and started building on that like leadership stuff that I learned at that ski ski area job. And then again, I was still writing through all this is kind of one of my outlets, kind of how I would deal with a crazy service. I'd go home and like write about it. And eventually I like put this all together and realized that it was long enough to be a book. And so that's kind of how I got into that world. And then I'm sure we'll talk about more in detail about this later, but 
it was a whole process of how I did that and it took a while but yeah that's kind of a rundown of what I've been up to and what what the lady line cook account is about and yeah any, anything else specific no no that pretty much covers it uh the book is called nice work boys and uh you can find Hannah Lay's book at uh ladylinecook.com right i'm gonna put the links to that in the description yeah and, uh, instagram is at uh ladylinecook right and, yeah um so it's funny too be, that you mentioned like how you are still relatively new i'm still relatively new in the food world as well because i'm in that earlier stage that you were in where I'm transitioning from another industry. Into yeah. Because I actually work full-time at a school for the blind. Yeah. Because I've worked in education for like 10 years. And then I started creating and producing hot sauce. And then from then I started actually helping people with like meal prep. And then I started doing like catering and I'm just like, oh fuck, I need to be in a kitchen. <laughs> I was like, I, I know, like, right? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, and it's like my environment. I'm like, it's loud. It's fast. Yeah. There's heat. There's bad language. I'm like, this is where I need to be. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Yeah. And, it's funny because I, I read, there's a blurb on your website that people can read of a little blurb of your first chapter there. And um, it's, you, you mentioned about the burns up your arm. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that literally just happened to me like two yeah. months ago. And I was putting this stupid fucking piece of halibut inside of oil and the back fat of the halibut had like water trapped inside that I didn't yeah. see. Yeah. And so I dropped it in and the fucking canola oil just went all the way up my left arm. That's basically so, what happened. And I mean, oh, yeah, I, that was what I wrote about in the opening scene, but it was like, I like threw the chicken down. And it was like, when it was oh, like, God. no time. No, like, <laughs> and it's so funny that you mentioned that because like, especially yeah. like when it's in a hot cast iron, you put the fish down and then you kind of move it in like a circle a little bit. So it doesn't like burn. Yeah. And I had to do that. And I was prepping like four other pieces too. So I'm just like, whatever. And I could feel my arm kind of tingling a little bit. Yeah. And the chef, uh, my, 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 my chef Melissa she uh she looked and she saw that my arm was starting to like kind of bubble and she came over and cracked an egg and only let the white out and she just smeared the white on my egg uh Jesus on my egg she smeared the white of the egg on my arm and I'm like that feels amazing she's like it does right I'm like what the fuck and then it literally solidified and it was like a liquid bandage and I was I've like, heard about that because people I I like post in my videos all the time people like see this scars, and they send yeah. me like burn techniques <laughs> yeah I know, and a couple people said the eggs. I, well, I said to her, I was like, is this going to heal it? She's like, oh, no, no. She goes, but it'll definitely yeah. stop the pain for right now. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like they know how to like corduroy's wounds, but like you need to get it taken care of. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I'm in that, I'm in that, I'm in the same similar kind of thing where I'm like, I'm slowly transitioning into the doing this full time because now, especially that I'm doing more fast paced stuff, more volume, and I'm just in kitchens all the time whenever I'm not working and, you know, writing recipes and like, you know, just, it's like. It's, I want to con let it consume my life. And to be in your position, though, even is different. I don't think what, what drew me to not only your account, but even just in, in general is it's a different kind of mind state that you have to be in. And I don't even know if it's, there's a way to really describe it as far as what it's like to actually be in a kitchen when you have three, 400 people coming in between a yeah. four-hour span of what it's like and how fucking crazy that really is. It's like, crazy, I don't, I don't think it? people yeah. really understand it. And what I love about what I've seen in your writing style so far that makes Parallels like Kitchen Confidential is that you really try to emphasize that if you are reading this and you're getting overwhelmed just reading about it, then good. That's like how it's supposed to be. That's like, the goal. Like, yeah, that's, that's always the goal. The goal. Like, you're, like, yeah. you're supposed to feel overwhelmed because it is overwhelming. Yeah. It's crazy. And it takes a lot of it takes a lot of discipline, but it also just kind of takes you allowing, how do I put this? You finding a way to kind of reel in chaos a little bit and yeah. let, it, let chaos kind of happen, but find a way to kind of maneuver it a little bit. And 
not everybody can do that. You know, there's a lot of people who don't, you know, who don't do that. And working in this industry now and dealing with people every single week, I have a, like a newfound love and respect for like cooks and like chefs yeah. and people like on the line like you. So from me and the rest of the world, thank you for what you do. <laughs> Cause it's like, it is people very often overlook what's happening in the kitchen. They don't think about it. Yeah. They just like, or they call it like low skill job or like, Oh, you're flipping burgers. It's like, how would you come join me for like one night? (laughs) Exactly. Like, and that's why, and people even think I, you know, it's funny. I've had people say to me like, well, you know, if you don't want to work in a restaurant, you know, why don't you get a food truck? You know, that's easy. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, like, in fact, it's probably harder. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, like, it's not easy, you know? So, uh, all right. So what I'm interested about is you you mentioned a lot about being in like male dominated um, environments, especially in kitchens. I know that to be true. And the reason that, especially like the first chapter, like you in general are appealing to me is because my most recent, you know, mentor, I've had a few of them. And one of them is this very nice guy named Paul, but uh, this chef, Melissa, she was an executive chef for like 15 years and she does like meal prep now. And she's got such a huge presence, even when she's just alone in the kitchen. And you can tell that she's just like completely mastered the domain. Like when you do this for that long, you just, you know, you know everything. And like, or at least, you know, you know exactly what you need to do. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. So I am curious, like, have you ever had like issues or had to leave like a job where that was an issue where like it had to be with like you feeling like, you know, you were maybe being like discriminated against specifically because of like, you know, you, because you were a woman and like, and it doesn't necessarily have to be at like the, in the kitchen, but I don't know, just in general, I was just curious because, you know, if that ever actually did occur. Because you did mention that you were promoted to supervisor at 21. So yeah. my instinct now is maybe no, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, you, you, you know, you tell me, so. I would personally say no. That's not to say that it like doesn't exist. I've actually done like those question things on Instagram for like asking other women, like, what have you guys faced? I've heard so many stories from other women, but pers- personally, no. Um, I would say that I've, had a lot of really good mentors and bosses in my life kind of even that first key industry job just the opportunities that they gave me um they kind of would see who you are as a person and as a leader and i felt like i kind of tried really hard to like blend in with the guys and it was funny it was even like physically like i would try to lift all the things that and then i would just end up dropping things and like it was just funny and but i think um i think people kind of make more of a big deal about it than it is i think i i feel like i tr- I try to talk about this in a book because there's this moment in the book i'll kind of like spoil it a bit but in chapter five there's this moment where i'm working at the ski resort um i had just been promoted i'd been working as a supervisor for a couple months and there was another supervisor who was basically like same level as me so we were kind of like co-leads and he was my same age we were both like 21 or 22 we were both promoted around the same time. We were both, this was both our first promotion and we were kind of like in a very similar walk of life, except he was a man in a man's job and I was the only woman out of 30 people. And he kind of opened up and was like, oh man, it's so difficult. Like people don't listen to me and like people don't do what I say. And it's just hard being a leader. And like, I kind of had this moment where I was like, oh, like I feel the same way, but I thought that it was because, because I was a woman, but like you face the same stuff too. Like it's just, that's what it is to be a supervisor at a job. Like yeah. people aren't always going to listen to you. No. And I feel like a lot of people are quick to maybe say like, Oh, it's because you're a woman and you're at a disadvantage and like people don't listen to women, whatever. It's like, you kind of have to take, take a step back sometimes and say like, maybe that's not the thing. That's your roadblock. I don't know. It's, no. And I'm, this is just like my personal experience. Cause there might be other women who faced 
like real discrimination. Like even when I said like earlier, we were talking about like Marco Pure White and how he said like, <laughs> oh, women can't work in kitchens and stuff yeah. like that. Like there might <laughs> yeah. be people like that. But um, I personally feel like sometimes people will want to like bring it up when it's not. It's kind of like a, and that's, I talk about this, I feel like in the book where I kind of bring up these moments where like, where like gender doesn't matter. And it's just kind of like, these are leadership things that people or that kind of applies to everyone in any situation. But that would, because regardless of what, what industry you're in, whether it's cooking or anything, shit needs to get done. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter necessarily who's behind the wheel, but the person behind the wheel has to make sure that they steer it in the right direction so that it gets done. And I was a supervisor for six years and I can tell you, you are 190,000% correct that people absolutely do not listen to you all the time. And in fact, being a supervisor makes people more inclined not to listen to you half the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's like you do struggle with that all the time. And it's not, it's not always, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure there are situations where people are discriminated against because of their gender. Yeah. And that could be a problem. But in general, just as a supervisor or just having a team of people working on a team of people you need to just be in the situation and be like, okay, what do I need to do to make it go that way? You know? And especially when you're in charge of the people working with you or for you, it makes things very difficult, you know? And I'm not in a supervisor position now, but I actually work, the woman that, the the woman that I work directly under is the, she's, I work at a school and she's the executive director of the entire Institute that is like of 300 staff, 350 kids, it's a nonprofit that's been around since like the 1890s. Like it's there's money from the state that's involved. Like she has to do fiduciary stuff and also educational stuff. So it's like a lot of stuff happening. And she's even told me stories of like not that long ago where she's been in like horrible situations where people have said terrible things to her. Like she used to work at the school in Philadelphia and they were remodeling the uh, the library and she was the director there too. And they brought up to the board meeting the construction workers and the guy that owned the contracting company. And she wanted to prep for the meeting. So she read everything she could for a whole week on like drywall and like contracting. And like, she wanted to be able to talk the lingo and like whatever. And he starts talking in the meeting and he just like kind of turns away from her. He's just talking to like the rest of the room. And, and then she asked a question and he like called her honey or something. Like, That's so common. Like so there's horrible. so many. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then so she, <laughs> and she, she didn't say, she said she didn't say anything. She just kind of like nodded, let it go. And then I guess he didn't know that she was the director so everyone's walking out of the meeting and she stops him and she's like look i understand you know you have a job to do or whatever but do me a favor in these meetings don't call me honey because i'm the one that signs your checks and he just, just yeah like, oh like he was just like oh, that's okay. awesome like, yeah you know? so like it's funny because she's it's and i talk to her about this stuff all the time it's like you know she's been working in education for like 40 years and she still to this day deals with some stuff like that for people that like come to our school and stuff and you know, so yeah, I know there are issues out there, but there's also all those issues of just being the boss and being a supervisor, you know, it's like, you're never going to not run into that, you know, it sucks. And yeah, you know, and also you, you don't make a lot of friends, especially when you're like a supervisor. It's like, it's that's like, the balance you know. that I'm having a really hard time with. Cause I'm still, a, I'm like a sous chef now at my job. And like, I am very prone to like being friendly with people. And right. there's kind of two sides. There's like, the people who are like, don't be friends with anyone. Right. But then I'm like, I feel like I gain more respect when I'm like friendly with people. So it's like, it's such a hard balance. It like is. It's, and there, there is a balance. Yeah, yeah there is <laughs> yeah. a balance. The balance is like, you need to make people understand that you care, right? But yeah. you also need to make them understand that when something needs to get done, it needs to get done. 
Yeah. And then, so it's like, you know, like, yes, you're going to care and you can be friends, but then like, you have to understand, like, that doesn't mean that I'm going to give you any leeway if something is getting fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Like, which, and, but actually doing that is so much harder than people actually, like, you can say as much as you want, but like that actual balance is not fucking easy. So it's not. So, and I was going to ask you what made you want to write a book from what it sounds like it kind of started as like a mildly therapeutic process of being in that kind of environment, just like being that hectic all the time and maybe writing about like the experiences. And stuff. I mean, or even at the ski resort and then also uh, this, this ski job. And then also, uh, you know, in the kitchen, I don't know. I mean, was it like therapeutic to start kind of just like, yeah, a bit. I mean, I've been writing, I started a blog when I was like 18 and I just wrote about like whatever. And we just right. post and no one read it. It was like for me. Um, and I would just write about like, oh, I learned something cool today about life and like would just write about whatever. And then I would just my very first kitchen job. I like just and it, it actually and a lot of these things like ended up in the I edited them and they ended up in the book to like flow with the rest of it. But it was like my very first kitchen job, bef- like before even the ski industry or like I was doing both for a while. So I was like at my my very first kitchen job. Um just I just wanted to like bring people into that world because it was new to me it was my first time and I'd been cooking my whole life like at home whatever ever since I was a kid and so being brought into that restaurant world was so different that I just wanted to be able to like have other people understand like what it's like to cook to have like 50 tickets on the rail (laughs) like it's like oh you think cooking at home is like hard (laughs) like it's yeah no and it's, i just wanted to yeah bring it's, it's, people into the world like and try and to make I, them I understand listen. a little bit like try to make them at least yeah a little bit, like i said if you're feeling overwhelmed reading what you write you're doing it right yeah like <laughs> yeah yeah so that was like a couple years ago and then yeah writing it was kind of therapeutic but it was also like i wanted to remember these moments like i wanted to remember you know, many years down the road when I like read back into my journals of like when I was 21 working this ski industry job and like all the stuff that I learned and like all the struggles and all the things that were super hard. Um, and I didn't even, at the time I, I wasn't planning on writing a book. It wasn't like this whole time I'm like, and I'm going to write a book. So I'm going to write everything now. It's more just like, I just want to remember this stuff. Right. Exactly. Because like, I think it would just be cool to have. And then actually when I was working at that ski industry job, that was when I first had the idea for a book, but I didn't have enough content at the time to just make it about that ski industry experience. And so I just held on to it. And then but from there, way, just kept. Well, no, I was going to say that maybe yeah. resulted in better, in better content and better quality in a way, because you weren't doing it with like a book set in mind. Yeah. You were kind of just just like putting it out there. Exactly. So in, so you know, it's honest and you know, it came from the heart and you know that it's like, it's it's real and it's not thinking about this bigger kind of concept, not in the beginning at least. Yeah. I think it maybe produced better work in a way, you know, or maybe, I'm not saying you would have produced shitty work. I'm just saying, you know, know. but I mean, it's funny too, because like you mentioned, you you were supervisor, you said at 21 and in the the ski industry job. So I was actually my first, when I was first put in charge of hiring people was when I was about 21, 22 at my old job. And I more than once had somebody in an interview who was 36 with like a master's degree. It was a a tutoring company and I'm interviewing. Yeah. and I got like rings on and I got a long beard and they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, they're just like, what is <laughs> happening right now? And I know. Right. One guy actually said something to me about it. And he was, he was like 38. He'd been a teacher for like 15 years and he had a master's and he was in the middle of getting his, finishing up a doctorate or something. 
And he, he, I asked him something, I'm forgetting what it was. It was like 2013 or something. And he literally said to me, he's like, I don't really want to answer that. And I'm like, okay, well, it's an interview. So can I ask why? He was like, well, I don't feel like I need to. I mean, how old are you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm 22. He's like, well, I'm 36. I have a degree, blah, blah. I don't feel like I need to justify myself to you. And I was like, no, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, there's like 20 people on staff and I've hired them all. So, and he just like looked at me. He was like, okay. I'm like, all right. And then we got, he got up and I handed him back his resume. And he was, he was like, don't you need this? I'm like, no, but you definitely do. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, and I told my boss, and even my boss who was 10 years older than me was just like, good. He was like, fuck it. He was like, I don't want somebody like that working here anyway. I'm I know. Like, right. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, that's fine. You know? So I think when you, when you're young and you're put in a position like that too, I think you have to learn a lot quicker, you know, in a yeah. way it's, it's kind of like being thrown on a line you don't really have a choice you kind of yeah just like you kind of just have to be like all right well that's you know like you you just you have you literally have no choice which i think is like i don't know amazing but i'm I don't, so so you're so you've been like two years now you said you've been full-time in the kitchen like non-stop right like yeah pretty much since well with with pandemic breaks so right i think 2019 is when i felt like yes yeah, summer of 2019 i like committed to pretty much working full-time in kitchens ever since then. Um, but then obviously I had like six months off total in 2020. Right. And then came back and then have been consistent since for about a year now. That's, so yeah. before that, it was like on and off and off. And, and like before that, I also had a surgery, which was like three months off. So it's like, it was like on, off, on, off, on. It was so frustrating because I like knew that I wanted to be in the kitchen and I was so excited for a career and like all this stuff. And then, and then it was like break, three month break here, four month break there, <laughs> go back for three months. But I now I've, I've actually been, now that I've had a chance to actually go at it for like a, a full year at this point, like without any gaps, right. I've actually that, that felt like I've actually been good. able to like keep some momentum. I ended up getting promoted to sous chef and like Congrats, by the way. being Congrats. able to Congrats. kind of, and that's what inspired the book really to finally get out there and write it was because it was kind of the same stuff as my first, as that ski industry job. Right. Like a lot of the, I wanted to kind of focus the book on like leadership and like being a young leader and like also kind of focus on, on being the only woman too. But part of the point of the book was like, Oh, it's, that's not really a huge deal. Like right. here's some stuff that applies to everyone. So there was kind of that and like everything that I learned through that. So. Right. And I mean, I yeah, that I feel like people who have that mentality of maybe the, when they do discriminate against somebody because of like, you know, gender or whatever, that's something that's preset in their experience because if you have yeah. a situation to start off, you don't even think about that. Like I, like my, like the fact that I've learned so much in the past, like, you know, six, eight months from this one chef who happens to be a woman, I didn't think about it in the terms of like that. She's a woman. I just thought she was a great chef. Yeah, right? exactly. And then stuff the more, is... Right. And then the more we talked, yeah. the more she told me about experiences and when she was like younger, especially and like, you know, she was working under people and she was a Sioux and like, you know, when she was, not the head of a kitchen, right? Like the stuff, the shit that she had to deal with, then it started to like kind of sink in like, oh yeah, well that's a fucking obstacle that I'll never be able to fully understand yeah. ever. And, but I didn't really think about it like in those terms. Cause to me, this was just a fucking incredible chef who was teaching yeah. me 23 years of cooking experience, you know? So yeah. like that's, you know, which is, which is great. I mean, if you can find a mentor like that, it doesn't matter if it's a man or woman, it's just, it's, yeah. you need to take, take advantage of that. Absolutely. I'm sure, you know, if you have a chef that you work under that you admire or that actually does help you, it's, it's like invaluable. It really is. It's just, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, Those know, are hard to find. I feel like I definitely, the place I'm at right now, like a lot of opportunity, a lot of mentoring. I feel like a lot of these chefs 
have egos and don't want right. to pass anything on. Right. Which like, is, that's, that's, they they want to so keep all the power. Right. Yeah. Versus like my current chef, it's more the the thing of like, the more I delegate, the more I pass down, the more free that the chef is to do even more stuff and make the restaurant even better and come up with better dishes and, and be more organized in office or whatever. And it's like right. the more, and then he's like passing that on to me, asking me what I can delegate. Like if I can even delegate some of my leadership stuff and he's like, who are the, you know, who are the people that you trust? You can start building up as right. leaders. So right. it's exactly. cool to see that. Yeah. Well, cause he saw, obviously saw you as somebody like that. So like the fact that like yeah. he's saying to you, like, who do you see like molding into that kind of position? That's, yeah, exactly. That's a huge deal. That's fucking awesome. Congrats on being a Sue, by the way, because that's not easy for it's, people to build up to that. Like, it's, it's so not. hard. Every day I'm like, why this job? Like, <laughs> I, I think about quitting all the time. I know I never will because I'm learning and growing so much from it. And it's exactly what I need. But it's yeah. like, it's some days that. I'm like, I could get paid the same Yeah. doing literally any other job. I could get paid way more doing literally any other job. Like, but I'd be miserable because... Yeah. I wouldn't be learning. I wouldn't be pushed like I am. And I wouldn't feel like I'm in the right place. So I had to stay. (laughs) You said it earlier. People refer to it as like low skill jobs, even just as a cook, not even as a suit, like just like a line cook, right? Or like a prep cook, anything. Like if you're on the line and your station is just like onions and you're just dicing fucking onions for like eight hours, pretty much. Like if that's like, if that's the majority of what you do, like you're, you're going to bounce around, but like even that, that wouldn't be considered a low skill job to me or to anybody. You know, yeah. just, I think that people equate that because of like pay. So like when they see like yeah. scales, maybe that's how they equate low skill, but that does not mean that it takes no skill to do these jobs. Like it takes a I lot know. of skill to do these jobs. And I think now when you start working like full volume, I don't know if you have your own knife that you bring or if you, or if you're one of those kitchens that just has people come in and sharpen them and just like drop new ones off every week. Um, but uh, like I, I, I don't know. There's certain things that I used to care about a lot. Like I used to really care about what knife I used. Right. And I still do like when it's my home kitchen or like if I do have to do like an event or something, whatever. But also if I'm in that kitchen, I really just care that something is as sharp as a razor and that won't take yeah. my finger off. Like that's the main, like when I was first cutting a tomato and I used a dull knife for the first time and <laughs> it just like slid on the skin and I was like, okay, I almost lost my pinky. I'm like not doing that ever again. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's so hilarious to me that what would seem like the most danger is what you need to be most safe, which is a sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to emphasize that more to people. Like a sharp knife is what you're told your whole life to stay away from. Right. Especially when you're, no, that's safe. Sharp is safe. (laughs) Because if it's sharp, it's not going to have any resistance. It's just going to go through whatever the fuck you're cutting. And you know, you're obviously, you're always going to have different knives or different things. I get it. But like, if you just have like a six or eight inch, like chef knife, if that's what, if that's what you use, make sure it's just as sharp as a fucking razor and that it can cut through anything yeah. and keep it sharp, hone it and you'll be fine. But yeah, people yep. like I even like when I go to other people's houses and cook or like even my parents now, like, Oh my, yeah. My dad's other knife is just like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yo, I just went through this yesterday because I had my own catering event that I was prepping for and it was right up the street from my parents. So I'm like, can I just like throw some stuff in the oven and heat it up? And he was like, yeah. And I'm just going through his knives and he's got like wussed off and like all the usual shit that home cooks have. And it's just like, I, I literally was just dragging my thumb on the blade. He was like, whoa, be careful. I'm like, why? It's not fucking sharp. I'm like, <laughs> just like, I'm like it's not cutting my finger. I'm like, how the fuck do you not take your hand off? You be careful when you cut yeah. things. <laughs> he was like, oh, leave me alone. It's plenty sharp. And he pulls out one of those stupid little plastic like sharpeners. Oh, yeah. I'm like, get a fucking whetstone, please. He's like, I have I know, a whetstone. Right? I'm like, use it. I'm like, my God, <laughs> like, Jesus. Oh, my God. 
That takes a while to learn, though. The whetstone was such a learning curve it for me. It really was. And it still kind of is, but I, I feel like I kind of got it. You know what's weird, too, is that everyone has a different way of doing it and different knives and yeah. styles and swipes. What I learned, because I was horrible at counting. <laughs> so, like, I used to do each side separately, right? Now what I do is I flip each time because that's the only yeah, way that I, I know too. I'm going to do whoosh, one side, flip it, whoosh, the other side. Yeah. That's the only way I've learned to keep it exactly consistent. So the first time I did that, like that, and I finished after like 20 minutes and I felt my knife. I was like, Whoa, I was yeah. like, I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, this is fucking sharp. I'm like, that's, that's what I need. And which speaking of tools, by the way, I, d- I was curious. Cause I've, I've gone through this recently. Is there like a tool like in the kitchen that in the professional kitchen or even like your own, you know, whatever that you really didn't think that you would utilize or didn't even think of. And now it's like, it's like a false It's just like something you always use, like you rely on or vice versa. Is there something that you always used to use? And now you're like, fuck that. I'll just use my knife. Like, Oh man, let me think about this for a second. I know the second, the second category, like there are all these like home cook people call them. I love this. People call them like housewife tools where they're just, you know, those avocado, avocado things that look like this and and you go like this Yeah. or Or like like, um, I used to have this thing. I like gifted it away because I don't need it anymore. But this thing where you like press down the top and it like minces garlic or whatever. The fuck the square thing. (laughs) Yeah. um, You go like this, right? There's like, uh, yeah. Just stuff like that. I, people call them unitaskers because they only do one thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like the like the avocado cutter or whatever. But it's just funny because it's like I had I had a lot of those things, and like found use in them. And then once, as soon as I started working in a professional kitchen, I was like, you could just use a knife. Literally, just use a knife. A hundred of those tools. <laughs> right. Like the only thing I, the only thing I rarely sometimes will use maybe is sometimes I will use like a garlic crusher, but less and less and less because now i just yeah. i now i just use the flat side of my knife and turn it into a paste That's yeah exactly. like I, like if i'm especially like i used to use it when uh, a couple of years ago i would crush garlic and then i would dice up and like literally turn anchovies into a paste mix them together and then literally evaporate okay. them in the oil but now i just do it with my knife and i'm just like the more I yeah cook, i'm like i just need my fucking knife that's all i know right? that's all you need like and, and you really, a- you really only need one knife too like right if i didn't butcher which most most home cooks don't do any butchering right. and I keep I tell home cooks I'm like you just need one knife you don't need right. anything else unless you're like me breaking down tenderloins and whole sides of salmon and right. 20 pound ribeye things which at home you're not doing that no, like then you just need one knife right exactly <laughs> like that's it don't waste your money if you have three hundred dollars get one knife don't get, get a, a very set. good knife exactly get a very <laughs> yeah good knife. and there's been knives like my friend he cooks a lot and he's not a cook he's a photographer actually but he um he had this we he and i both worked in the back of the sushi restaurant for a while and i was doing like dishes and delivery and then i would run stuff out i was just i had like odd jobs in the beginning and i would be in the back with the cook it's like the sushi chefs were out front doing all their delicate stuff for the customers and then in the back was the old guy with the fucking giant cleaver who was doing like the chicken and tempura and stuff and he had this massive stainless steel cleaver that was like the size of my face it was like insane (laughs) and the way he used to maneuver this was incredible so he had an extra one and he gave it to my friend who worked in the kitchen and my friend brought it home with him and he used it for like five months. And then he stopped. I'm like, why? He's like, I almost killed myself like four times. He's like, I just can't, he's like, I just can't like, yeah. I just can't maneuver it. So, cause I was taught on like that. I was taught on like a tiny little, like six inch chef knife. Just like, that's like from when I was like nine years old, my dad taught me how to use one of those. Like, and even my dad back then was like, if you use one of these, you don't really need anything else. You know, and then he got old and started buying all these kitchen gadgets. So who the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the tool that I used to use that I really don't 
is, I mean, I use a knife and I use like a paring knife sometimes. Like if I have to get a core or like the top of a tomato out or something like that, I'll take a paring knife and go close with my thumb, you know, and just kind of get it out. But yeah. even, even half the time I just take my chef knife and go towards the end of it with that. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't use that many tools anymore in the kitchen like that. I really don't. And it's more about, like you said, it's more about having good quality things of the things that I use, you know? Yeah. Like if I'm going to have a good cast iron, I have a good cast iron or like a yeah. Dutch oven, like stuff like that. Like I want, I'll spend money on stuff that I know I'm going to get good use out of, you know? And so I agree with what you say. I think if people have that much money to blow, don't buy a fucking yeah. a mincer. Like that fucking thing. Like I know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like a square looking box and you put like an onion in there and you're like, you, it's funny because I used to have one of those, but then I, I, I gave it to my mom or something. Who's like not a professional cook. I was like, I don't eat any of the stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> Take you know, everything except for my knives. Yeah. If you're, if you're a Midwestern mom, that's like a dream come true. You're just like, Oh my know, God, right? this is great. And you're just like, this is wonderful. <laughs> But like, no, it's like for people like us, I think for you, especially, it just probably slows you down because you're probably just like, I don't fucking get it. Why is this plastic? This doesn't work. You know, it's like, yeah, that's like, oh God. So I have to ask, cause you work in a restaurant and you work on a line and you are crazy busy and you probably have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different dishes that you have to make on any given day. Is there a dish that you either really, really love making or really, really hate making <laughs> that you encounter a lot? Like, and you don't have to answer because I, yeah. I don't know if anyone that you work with knows, but, and it doesn't have to be in the kitchen, but maybe just in general, like even if your family is requested, you make something for a holiday or some shit, right? Like, is there something that you just like either really love or really hate making? I won't make you answer both. You can answer one or the other. Yeah. Let me think. Oh man. <laughs> for, um, let's see, I know there, there's something that I like hate at work, but I can't. <laughs> I'm like I can't bring it to mind I'm like what is it there's something I'm like if I could take that off the menu I would take it off the menu oh like sliders ah because we have burgers on the menu <laughs> like you could just order a burger and, cut it, and it would be a third of the work it. yeah exactly like I I don't hate burgers I love burgers because they're a third of like they're easy but sliders, people don't realize just because they're smaller doesn't mean they're less work. They're the same amount of work. They're just smaller. And there's three of them, sometimes four or five of them on a plate. It's like, just order. If you're going to order three sliders, order a burger. <laughs> do you like, do you like the, do you like the thick, like hockey puck burgers? Or are you into like the thin, like smash with the multiple layers? Of we, we have thick ones. Cause we actually, we serve a lot of steak. Okay. We serve so much steak that we have enough off cuts nice. to run a burger, our burgers. So we have fillets and ribeyes. That's awesome. And basically our burgers are like ground fillet and ribeye. They're nice. so good. Places but, that put ribeye yeah. in their blend. Yeah. It's fucking next level. And people don't like when you go and you eat a burger and you're like, what the fuck is in this that makes yeah. it taste that good? Usually it's trim of like ribeye or something like that. Or yeah. Fillet. Like it's just, it's like, cause it's not fucking just ground beef. It's not. Yeah. Like, no. You know, our, and, and we hand shape them. So they're like thick and they're right. like eight ounce burgers. You make them like a hot like, dog, right? You do like the. Like the yeah. So they're like, yeah. they're kind of like the big fat, like. Right. Like hand shaped. They look hand shaped. Right. They are. Which is beautiful. And yeah. those, those, if those are cooked well, not well done. If they're cooked yeah. properly, I should say. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> if they're, if they're cooked properly, it's one of the best things you've ever had. Yeah. They're really so good. Is. Like, and that's another properly. reason I hate sliders. Cause I'm like, you could have had the. Exactly. You could have had the burger, but you wanted these thin little sliders that burn. I know. Like if you take your, if you're slammed and you're running the grill and the flat top and you have a full grill and a, and you're doing fryer and you're trying to run tickets and, and you're trying to get all your tickets in order and you're setting up sliders and you're trying to run the line and then you turn your head for a second and you turn back and the sliders are burnt and you have to reach. It's like, 
like and then people will have the audacity to like order temps on them i'm like we don't do temps no, no temps on sliders like they're medium well all of them no unless you yeah. like really have a condition and need them well done we'll do that but right. like we're not gonna give you rare sliders or medium rare sliders. like no, they're literally no. a quarter of an inch thick that's what i like i forgot where i was it was a place that had um it was like it was three patties and it was like patty cheese patty cheese right and then it was like another patty it was like it was like yeah triple stacker with cheddar in between and i was with a friend and it was it was like a diner type place and he he ordered it i didn't know it was gonna come like that it just said burger it didn't say three patties layer whatever yeah it it didn't say it was a smash burger you know it just said like burger and he ordered it and then we cut, he cut it like in half and he went to bite. He's like, oh man, it's a little overcooked. I'm like, dude, does it matter? I'm like, it's not, it's a fucking, you didn't order like a patty patty. It's a fucking, just like, eat, shut up and take what they gave you. Like, it was just like, it was, I was like, just shut up and eat what they gave you. Like, my God, like when it's that thin, if it's burned, obviously that's, that's one thing. But like the problem yeah. with those thin, thin little patties are like sliders that they can burn so fucking easily. I know. And like, <laughs> why not just order a fucking burger? Just cut into four pieces if you want smaller ones. Like, I don't know how to, like, right. God, just cut it in half and half again. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I find it interesting. There's definitely some dishes I think that are probably nice if you have the time at home to cook, but, and that's also something you just recently posted about too, about like cooking at home when you work in like a kitchen. I think it is a huge misconception that you brought up that people who live at home and who are cooks or people who are married to people who, who Oh yeah. The video of that girl who posted about like what she eats because her boyfriend is a chef. And I remember I first came across that video on like Facebook or something. I didn't even follow anyone. They j- it shows up and it was like, I laughed so hard. I was like, really like, stop putting these expectations out there for anyone who's like, okay, I'm going to go marry a chef then. No, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, eat like, I like, I suspect that like, I really hope you like eating from, like, grilled cheese. <laughs> yeah, I suspect those videos are from quarantine because that was me. Yeah. Over quarantine, like my husband and my roommates ate like, ate like that. They ate yeah. like kings and yeah. it was amazing. Which is, that's but like the ideal situation. That, they're probably like in quarantine. They're yeah. like, fucking yes. They're like, know, this is right? what we've been waiting for. could have been quarantined with. Yeah, but exactly. once I'm back at work, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I ain't doing that. Well, that was, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm that fine. was when I was first in quarantine. And I, cause I wasn't in for that long. I had to go back pretty much in April of 2020. But yeah. From like March until like then, it, I, every single day. Yeah. I cooked like, up. It was the only thing I had. It yeah. was the only thing. Like we couldn't leave the house. We can do it, but I could go to the grocery store. So I'd go to the grocery store every day and like, and actually I ran a small business out of my house. It was totally informal. It's just for friends. So it wasn't like an official business because right. you're not supposed to do that, but it was friends. So whatever. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. It was, all, it was all my mom friends who like suddenly had to homeschool their kids out of nowhere. Like, had to go to the grocery store and navigate the bare shelves. And remember they're not chefs. They're just moms and they're stressed out about their kids being at home now. And, trying to work from home and, and homeschool. And then you're trying to grocery shop and there's only weird ingredients like Japanese eggplant and shrimp and like (laughs) weird stuff that you don't know how to cook. And so I, I made, I made almost the same money, like from my paycheck, I was actually making just cooking for my friends. Mm -hmm. And it was cool because like, I was able to cook what I wanted and like, you know, and then I would deliver them and it would be like my food and like my, kind of menus i did these like family meals every day so i would announce like okay on monday i'm doing this on tuesday i'm doing shawarma on wednesday i'm doing uh whatever i had and like people would sign up for these days and it was it was a lot of fun and it kept me busy and it was i was really glad that i did it and i got a a lot of feedback like good good and constructive and like 
for a while I like seriously thought about just doing that full time and like kind of not working that job anymore. But then I went, I ended up going back to work at the same restaurant and learned about how much more I had to learn about business and about restaurants. And so I ended up just staying at my job and not pursuing that any further, but I feel like it still could be a goal for the future. It's like having my own business in some way, shape or form. But now that I kind of know what I don't know, like just even just being promoted to sous chef, they're having me doing inventory and ordering and all the business and stuff and with fucking purveyors and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't just go ahead and start my business at the end of 2020. Like I wanted to, because that was before I did any of the stuff that I'm doing now at work. And like, I kind of didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Exactly. I feel like it's gotta be nice to know at least that you can do it. I mean, that's the nicest thing. Yeah. At least you know that like, now I like know what I still need to learn. I'm like, okay, after I learn inventory, I'm maybe going to learn how to like, manage that and like how to yeah just stuff like that and how to actually how to actually enter the inventory numbers and how how that affects your profit and exactly because that's the whole other level when you get higher up that's the whole other level that you don't even really think about is when you're especially just like you know cooking all the time and you're just on the line and like you don't think about you know well maybe you do think about it but it's not necessarily your responsibility to worry about you know what's ordered and like you know profit yeah and stuff like that and but that's interesting because that is my job now like recently right. and exactly it was cool got kind of shifting from like that being this great big mystery to like like oh we're almost out of out of ribeye and we don't get a delivery till friday like oh that is my job <laughs> like, yeah, exactly yeah before it was just like well, i guess we're out of ribeye yeah it's like all right whatever. That sucks. yeah exactly <laughs> or like, whatever oh that's my job yeah exactly oh i have yeah. to deal with that okay cool <laughs> like no, it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's awesome when you do stuff like that. And then you also realize not only are you kind of in charge of it, but also that you're good at it or that you're at least yeah. learning the curve of it to be like, okay, I can do this. Like that's yeah. a whole other level of like satisfaction. Yeah, for sure. You're building on top of this industry that you already love being in, in a way and that you, yeah. you know, and that you're just keep on consuming more information, more information. And even when it's like business related stuff like that, that doesn't necessarily have to do like, it does trickle down with cooking. Cause it has to do with like profit and like all that stuff. But when it has to deal with like ordering and like inventory and like numbers and like, that's a whole other side of it that kind of ties into this whole entire passion of it, I think, you know? So that's yeah, cool. for sure. It, for me, it's definitely been the right direction that I feel like maybe some people it's kind of like stresses them out. But I feel like for me, like once I started doing ordering, I feel like I, it kind of opened up a lot more. Like I kind of was able to see everything kind of going and like everything's related. Like, like, you know, like the, the prep cook over prepped something because it's slow and he wants his hours. It's like, I've recently been on that learning curve of like managing other people's prep and making sure that they're prepping, you know, cause I live in a super seasonal town. So it's like, we'll do like, like there's seasons we'll do like 300 covers a day for like every day yeah. <laughs> all summer. And then in like November, we'll be doing like 30 covers a night right yeah exactly and then it's and you have to manage that like huge those huge like literally 10 percent. you're doing like 10 percent of what you were doing every day and it's like exactly and then you want to keep the food fresh you don't just want to prep a huge batch once a week and like but then the thing is like people want their hours and so sometimes the prep cooks who are kind of at that lower level who are just there to like get their paycheck they're like prepping way too much stuff and like that's all under my watch and like this kind of happened the time before last I did inventory, we were like counting everything and we're like, Oh my God, there's so much food. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, 
we, me and the chef were like freaking out because we were like, there's so much prep and we were going to go into like a really slow season. And we were like freaking out. We were like, Oh my God, like when did this happen? This was under our watch. Like, but it was just interesting to like, and kind of manage. And then I kind of like, cause it's my job to like send people home or like cut hours, manage the labor budget. And so what I would do is I would just like send people home and I'd be like, okay, all your prep is done. And that's a good amount of prep. Don't prep anymore. Go home. Right. And then like, exactly. basically like- people were threatening to quit because they're like, I'm getting no hours and I can't pay my rent. And this was like my, this is my learning curve right now, but I'm going to like write this for a second, but like managing that, like, okay. So like, we want to keep our employees because we're coming up to the holidays and we need people. Like we can't be having everyone quit before the holidays because then we'll be screwed. So he was kind of like, you know, I have to find cleaning projects and organizing and, you know, maybe prepping less, but prepping it every day so that it's fresh. And it's like, but then you're also doing your own job and running your own station and working the line sometimes. So it's your job to do all that and like literally oversee every, everything. Like you need to know what the pizza cook is doing and you need to know what the prep cook is doing and you need to know what the dishwasher is doing and like everything. It's, and all it was the like same, all at the same time. everything all at the same time it's yeah. like there are literally there are days when i'm like this job is too hard this job is impossible i can't do it like I'm sure. like i'm so tempted to just be like this is too hard this is impossible i quit like just i quit <laughs> it pisses me off when people are in restaurants and i've heard people say this i've heard people who i eat who i've eaten with at restaurants say like complain about how long it's taking or like whatever and say how hard is it to pump out like a pasta dish and now, especially when I hear that, it like fucking it yeah. Oh, I will draws educate. a needle <laughs> in my mind, and I'm like, you have no fucking idea. I know, right? What it's like, like, and I, I you almost want to say to these people, you know what? You fucking go back there. How about that? Why don't you yeah. take an hour yeah. out of your life and go back there? Like, I know, you know right? Like, throw on the whites yeah. and shut up, and just put a fucking apron on and go back there. You see what it's like. For I know, right? Like, yeah. Even just place. go go and watch. Don't even do anything. Just watch. Yeah. Just stand, <laughs> like, stand, stand at the door and look in the glass. And after five minutes, you'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, you'll be like, oh my god. It's just, I so, know, right? and it's funny that you mentioned like cooking at home as like a chef and stuff. There's this, there's this restaurant that I, this, this sandwich shop that I love in this town that I grew up in, not far from here. And um, it's called Mason. And it was started by a couple chefs who had worked in separate restaurants. And the idea of it is imagine you are a chef. Um, and when you come home and you are cooking for 13 hours, right? You're not going to do a, a giant a long braised dish you're not going to do a duck confit you're not going to do that you're going to make a fucking grilled cheese but yeah. this is if you are like a chef a lot of like chefs who do care about their ingredients they'll make a grilled cheese but they don't have like craft singles they have like fontine yeah like Gruyere. Stuff. so the it's sharp like cheddar, that's me. right yeah exactly yeah oh i love sharp i made last night for my catering gig i made um i, I mixed together like everything bagel seasoning inside of softened butter and then I spread that on top of the bread. So it's like an everything bagel grilled cheese. And inside, oh, okay. sharp, that sounds good. I put sharp cheddar and Thai basil inside. And it was like, Ooh, the, nice. the basil is really good with the thick fucking sharp cheddar. But um, this, this sandwich shop does all of that. It's like they have all sandwiches That's cool. and burgers. That's but it's a all good like idea. really good ingredients. As if, like, like simple stuff, but really good. Yeah. Like when they were interviewed yeah. about it, they were like, imagine you walk into a chef's home and open his fridge and you yeah. have sandwiches. That's like yeah. the idea for the restaurant. And so the sandwiches are like, $13, $14, but it's like a Cubano that's like that fucking big. And it's like, yeah. you know, and it's like cheap. It's fucking, it's, it's an amazing idea for a rest for a place. Um, so that's great. Um, so listen, I don't want, I don't want to keep you all night. I, I just, I'm going to, we're going to start kind of going towards the, not the decline. That sounds negative, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I have this thing on the show that I do with everybody called dank or rank. And I list ingredients that are 
uh, often debated by eaters and cooks and stuff. Not so much cooks, mainly eaters. And I'm curious to see your thoughts. If you like them and think they're amazing, you can say dank. And if you hate them, you can say rank. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious about this first one because I, I've mentioned this almost on every episode. So I'm just, and you're, you're a cook. So I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to be in one way. Doesn't matter. Anyway, cilantro. Dank. Okay. See, thank but you. that's so, a genetic thing. That's, a, right, that's see, a gene. <laughs> I say this every fucking episode. I feel horrible because for years I just shit on people because I didn't know that. I was like, these little yeah. bitches aren't eating cilantro. They think it tastes like soap. Fuck you. It's great. And then, like I learned that it's like an actual genetic thing. And I'm like, oh man, I was like, I feel bad. Like I feel bad that I shit on it so much, but no, I, I that's yeah. So people that I, especially, I think if you cook and you have cilantro that it's, it's different when you cook with certain ingredients, it totally changes how you yeah things you know and that's and I, I learned that in the past couple of years because it's easy just to dismiss something if it's like something that you're being given but then when you have to like use it and you see how it like emulsifies inside of a dish it's like it's totally fucking different yeah so uh the next one is cottage cheese rank i hate Thank i you. just can't i don't even think i've even eaten it. i just take a look at it and i'm like it's just you know it's not even so much the taste it's the fucking texture it's just yeah like, i think that's what it is who is it was it david chang said he thinks it's just a little too testicular like just just like a little that's, that's the best way to describe it it's just it's weird man you got these little yeah. balls all inside of this like weird creamy not really cheese like i don't know what the fuck it is and you see people eating it out of fucking cantaloupes like i've never understood that just nope, like eating it with a it. fucking spoon my mom used to try to serve me that i'm like get the fuck out of here i don't want that like even as a kid i was like i don't want that shit yeah oh god um now i'm going to transition into stuff that is uh, often used in kitchens. You may not use them, but we'll see. Uh, balsamic reduction. <laughs> oh, thank. I love that stuff. You love balsamic. Okay. That's yeah. Nice. Uh, basil oil. I love that too. I make, we make that at work. So it's I like recently. Squeeze, yeah. Squeeze bottle. It's cool. Right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that you said something about, uh, you mentioned, you talk about squeeze bottles a good amount. That's oh, yeah. something else that I discovered when I got older that was life changing. I was like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, right. Like I recently went to this, uh, to a restaurant depot near me and uh, you guys have a restaurant depot out there or no? It's like a- Yeah, we have, we have like a restaurant store that I got all my home stuff there. Like no more melting handles. Seriously, oh my All God. the stuff I have at work, I'm going to get at home. It was I literally, I just went there for, I went there for the first time because I finally have like, a, well, I have like a food business for my hot sauce. So I have a license and I went in there yeah. and I'm like, I'm sorry, did that say 12 pounds of boneless, skinless chicken thighs for $20? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that right now. That or like, you know, these giant fucking like 10 pound bags of flour for like nothing, you know, and all of the best like equipment, like stainless steel, like I make, I make hot sauce and I have to blend it with the fresh ingredients and then I have to reduce it. And I, because of the state of New York, I have to keep it at a certain temperature for like five minutes or whatever. Yeah. I need a heavy duty pot and they have those giant stainless steel. Yeah. Like, like 12 quart pots for like 30 bucks. I'm like, Oh my God. I know. Right. <laughs> this is like, this I got Cambros. Oh, I got God. like strainers i wanted to buy a chinois but it was like 60 dollars yeah, <laughs> so i was like i don't need a chinois. i'll just get a regular no. sieve <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like i would love to have a chinois but i'm like where the fuck am i gonna store that i have a tiny little kitchen <laughs> I know, right? like, it's hilarious too i i have possibly the smallest kitchen in the entire world now and it's funny because at my old apartment which was like 500 square feet it was this tiny little place the kitchen was probably about a third of the size of the entire apartment it was huge like the kitchen was a giant eating kitchen with like 16 foot long granite counters like it made no sense I was like, this is literally one third of the entire apartment. Like we had barely a living room, but we could <laughs> eat in the kitchen with like five people. Like, and then we moved to a bigger place, but with a much smaller kitchen. Yeah. I thought I would, I thought I would hate it, 
but it's kind of amazing because it's like a walk-in U-shaped kitchen. So when I'm standing there, it's like I'm a one-man band. I'm like, bam, I just moved to the left and like something's there. And I'm like, I can just, yeah. I can like turn and like everything is there. Um, okay, so truffles, both oil, which is sometimes bullshit, and fresh truffles. Dang, I like, I like truffle. I feel like people call it overrated, whatever. It is it's not like, overrated. It's yeah, overused I'm, sometimes. Yeah. It's not yeah, overrated. Like, I really like, good. like, we do, like, truffle mashed potatoes that are just, like, mashed potatoes. And I, I really like that, like, because it's not too much. It's, I like, you got plain, and then you have the truffle on top of it. Right. And I think that people who shit on truffle oil, I don't know if they've ever actually had real truffles, like, shaved on top of something that they're eating. Yeah. Like, they're, that's almost life-changing when you've eaten i've real... actually never had that we only have truffle oil so See, if you, i feel if, like if i have to yet like, to try right like if you go to some of these like italian like very very expensive italian like restaurants in like new york city where i'm not that far from and you know you order that kind of a dish and they come out with the stupid fucking glove and like the special shaver and shit <laughs> like if you do that and you have actual truffles like black truffles shaved on top of your pasta to where the point where they almost like melt into the heat of the pasta it's something else. It's just like, oh my god. Yeah, I need like, to it's try a that. Whole other level, Never you know? actually done that. You can. You should actually look at. You can buy truffles like online. Like you can okay. get a whole truffle. I know they're for, super like, expensive though. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. You definitely. You're gonna be like, okay, well, I need to use this within like three weeks, and I need to do it. Like, I need to think of like, you know. I know, right? Like, yeah, just tell your spouse. You're like, you're gonna eat truffles for like a long time. <laughs> like, you're gonna eat truffles know. for like weeks. Um. So yeah, that was that was that was Danker Rank. The congratulations. Um. Cool. So, uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, so this is the last thing I do with people. Um, you remember fuck, Mary kill from high school, right? Obviously. Or yeah. Okay. So I do that with food. So it can be an ingredient. It could be a drink. It could be a spice. It could be anything you want, but you got to fuck one. You got to marry one and then kill one. (laughs) The last one is like one that you would throw into a garbage and happily know that watching that lid close is erasing it from fucking existence. Like literally like, thank God I never have to fucking look at you again. Boom. (laughs) Like, so like you got to fuck one, kill one, marry one. And it could be, and, and I'm not going to give you prompts. I'm not going to give you names. You can, I'm letting you choose one that you could have every, one you can marry every single day, one that you can only have once in a while, but you know, you're going to come back to it after a few months, even though it's probably a mistake. And then one that you're going to murder. So. Okay. You can take your time. I'll, I can, I can edit. Well, I tell people I edit this podcast. I don't. Uh, but, <laughs> I know, right? but yeah, it's like, it's like, no, I'll edit it. They're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, so, but yeah. So whenever you're ready, go ahead. Wait, oh, wait. I thought you were going to give me like three and then because no, no, sometimes no, no. they'll like just, give I'm, you three. No, because I'm, okay, I'm, curi- so I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious as to what people truly love or like guilty pleasures of theirs or things that they really hate. I don't know why. I just, I want to hear like, I want to hear what people really think. So, Okay, let me think. Mm-hmm. Sliders can go. 86 sliders. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to 86 the fucking sliders. At least like at work. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of thinking of like, well, I'm I'm at work most of the time. Like, I'll cook sliders at home, yeah. But then, like I said, it's like three times the effort when you could have just had a burger. <laughs> you might as well just just order a fucking burger. Like, Jesus, like it's. I know, right? Uh, I don't think I've ever actually ordered sliders out because of that. Because I'm like, I'll just, I'll order. I'd rather get a lot. medium rare burger or sliders. It's like you're not gonna exactly get. what the fuck. Like, yeah. Also, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fat ass. I'm like, I'm like, no, I want a fucking burger. I'm like, I want, I want something that like puts I know, right? sliders. I like pop in. I'm like, well, that was great. But what else is there? Like, you know, but, um, okay. So sliders definitely kill. That was, I was like, that would be the one thing I just 86 off the menu. And then I would, I would say Mary would be, man, I feel like mushrooms have been like my vibe. Really? 
Like we just partnered with this like local mushroom company that gives us like lion's mane and like blue oysters. Oh, yeah. You, and, you like, posted this on your story. Yeah, I posted you? on my oh, stories my whenever we Those get were a mushroom fucking delivery. Beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah. Into this bin of mushrooms, I was like, oh my god. I know. <laughs> it was a treasure treasure box that didn't even include the lion's mane. They shipped the lion's mane separately, and those are like the size of a cauliflower, and like. I just love those. And we do like a lion's mane cake, which is like kind of a crab cake recipe, but it's with lion's mane. And those are really good. And like, they're so healthy. And people are like taking them in pill form as supplements. I'm like, oh, you could just eat mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, you could just eat mushrooms. Yeah, right? Exactly. Just yeah. season it with like some garlic and All salt. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, God. And they're so, I feel like they're like underrated because so many people hate them. Like, I'm heartbroken every time someone orders like, the pasta dish but like no mushrooms i'm like that's the best part because they get categorized because they are they're categorized as like fungus and i think when people hear that it it puts it like in a different kind of mindset for people which i mean i was always brought up on mushrooms my brother always hated them until about five ten years ago and then he actually now he like loves them but like for years he couldn't even like look at them and I feel like a lot of people are like that because it's just, it's like a fungus to people, you know, it's not something that you could ingest. That's like beautiful, you know, and it's, you know, and mushrooms in general can be quite enjoyable, but well, that's uh, for another podcast. Uh, there's um, so many different kinds. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Oh my God. Fucking. Mm, sorry. All right. I was just I'm, I'm like, I'm visualizing, <laughs> know, that right? bin. I'm visualizing that bin that you posted. I was like, Oh my God. I, literally I know. I was, I was like, like, Oh Jesus my God. Christ. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, and then, uh, and then your, your dirty little secret, you're, uh, the one that you would fuck. <laughs> okay. Let me, I have to like think. Yeah. It would be, oh man, what would it be? I'm trying to think of like work stuff. Yeah. It could be work. Stuff. I mean, this is hard for some people. To probably, probably fried, fried food. Cause I was never a huge fried food person. And then like I would never have ordered fried anything whenever I went out. It just didn't, it just didn't appeal. I was like, it's like greasy. I don't, right, yeah, I don't sure. really do fried food. But then I started like working at the place I am now, and we had this like Big Bird, like um, chicken sandwich. But it had like Rice Krispies, and like it was like a good fried chicken sandwich. And like now I like I like eat that every now and then. But I'm like, not not like too much, just because I'm not. It's like greasy and fried and, well yeah i mean it's not but i'm like i will <laughs> i will order it every now and then though because like and i it's weird i used to be like a health nut now i'm like way more free and i'm not as like strict but it's just weird thinking back to how like i wouldn't have even like looked at a fried thing but now i'm like i'll order it every now and then for sure right and eat it and enjoy it and not feel guilty about it and but it's like i would not eat it every day because then i probably wouldn't even enjoy it anymore no no and it would slow yeah. down in the kitchen it's just it's not look fried food is not yeah good exactly for you. it's not like yeah it tastes, it tastes incredible when it's cooked properly. yeah like it really does and yeah i i actually it's weird i loved i i do love certain things really fried but i also have to agree with you that sometimes you order especially if you order it or if somebody else makes it sometimes which i hate saying that but it's true um, <laughs> like if you're at even somebody's house it's just it it can be so greasy sometimes that you get that yeah. feeling in like the back of your throat. I know when it's just like it. grease. <laughs> oh yeah, and you're like, this is not what I want to be doing right now, you know. But like, I know, right? The the, I feel like certain things, maybe like katsu or like certain things, like with a lot of like Japanese kind of tempura kind of batters, like yeah, they they kind of perfected the idea of like it's not going to be greasy, but it's going to be the crispiest fucking thing you've ever had. Yeah, exactly. Life. That's like I think a good place to be for like that, where it's like 
you're not getting that horrible like grease trap in the back of your fucking throat. I know, right? You know, <laughs> but like, you know, but it's like that, that's why. Like, I remember I I ordered um 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 a katsu dish out recently, and it was supposed to be I guess on top of like ramen, but they don't put it on top of the ramen, and it comes like on the side a little bit, and you can cut it and you kind of eat it like with the sticks like as you like go along. And it was just, it was, it was literally perfect. It was literally cooked to perfection. I was just like, this is incredible. And it's just like, and you know that it's like a tempura batter and it's like, and I've seen the restaurant that I used to work in the back of, I would see the chef do the tempura in the back. And it was just, it was quick and it was done well. And it came out and even when he pulled it out of the oil, it didn't even look that greasy. And I'm just like, that's like, that's what, that's good fried food. Like that's like yeah. fucking awesome, you know? I know, right? Oh man. So anyway, listen, thank you so fucking much for sitting down i mean this has been this has like truly been fucking awesome and i am so excited to get your book and read it and anybody listening um you have to have to have to have to order Annalise's book uh, again you can find it on ladylinecook.com all one word right ladylinecook.com yeah it's called nice work boys and you can get it directly from the website um follow uh Hanalei on instagram at ladylinecook i'm gonna repost everything in these links in the descriptions I'm going to stop the recording in one sec. Um, thank you again so much for coming on. This has been amazing. And it sounds like you're doing incredible things at the restaurant. And finally, like, you know, being in the position that you're being, I know it's like a lot different than when, you know, when you were just focusing on like, you know, what's on your station and like, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's been you know. such a huge shift. But that's part of what I wrote the book about was like shifting from that, like just being a line cook to leading at any, any job ever that's why i wanted to bring that ski industry part in because i was like it's all the same right like you could be in an office job and and read my book and maybe gain something from it because well, it's yeah it's not so yeah. much about it's not so much about i mean it is about i'm sure like you know the ski industry and like cooking but it's more i think what from what you're talking about and what you've said today is tonight is like you're building an appreciation of an industry that you're already in and that extra responsibility that you're loading on top of that is just giving you more of yeah. appreciation of the things that happen at a lower level. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, like those things at a lower level have to happen because I'm doing X, Y, Z. And that yeah. kind of changes, I think, your approach to it, you know? And somebody who can not only identify that, but like appreciate it and then thrive with it is like, that's 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 really when things start to like turn, you know? That's yeah, in, in for a sure. Great way. So, but yeah, so thank you so much for being on. Uh, guys, I will post all of her links uh, in everywhere, Spotify, Apple. You can find this podcast wherever the hell you want. Uh, this has been episode 29 of Spicy Memories, and stay tuned for the next episode. I don't know who I'll have on, but I promise it may be interesting. So, stay <laughs>